ברוכים הבאים רבותיי, בוקר אור ומבורך. So it's today, uh, Thursday, and uh, the time 10.15, when we study some practical or interesting halachot. On Thursdays we like to try to learn something from Parashat HaShavua, that's Nogeya, you know, a little to the halacha. You know, Parashat Ki there's a lot of mitzvot, and at the end of Kitetzeh, there's the famous Halakha Zachor et Asher Lecha, Asher Asar Lecha Amalek. So we have an obligation to remember Amalek, what they did to us, Baderech, Besetechem, Mimitzrayim. And Torah then comes and says at the end, Temhe et Zechir Amalek, we have to destroy any remembrance of Amalek mitachat ha-shamayim, lo tishkach, lo tishkach, and we're not able, we cannot forget, which means you can't forget that you have to destroy them, you have to destroy them. So this is the inyan of mihiyat zechir Amalek, incidentally, harambam, in hilkot melachim, perik he, halakha he, so there's a mitzvah aseh to to get rid of, to destroy zera amalek, shne'emar temche et zecher amalek. O mitzvah aseh l'skor tamid ma'asav ha'raim ve'arivato k'deh le'orer evato. So the Rambam writes that there's a mitzvah aseh to also remember the bad ma'asim of Amalek and his ambush. Why are you supposed to remember the bad things of Amalek, what they did to us? In order to arouse the hatred against them. What does it mean, zakhor? That we have an obligation to verbally remember Amalek. That we're forbidden to forget the animosity and the hatred that Amalek has for the Jewish people. Okay, so that's the inyan of Zechir Amalek to forget, to, to not forget them. The question is, is there a Amalek Bizman Hazir? Is there Amalek Bizman Hazir? Persian. Do we have them uh, today? Is there anybody that is uh, identified as, uh, as Amalek? So there's an interesting, um, there's an interesting Harambam. There's different nations, Rabotai. Let's put Amalek in one category, and then you have the seven nations that we have. When you come into Eretz Israel, you have to destroy them. You also have the nations called Ammon and Moab. So there's many, many, you have Mitzrayim, you have the Adomim, different nations. Look what Harambam writes in Alachat Dalet in Elchot Melachim. Mitzvat Aseh Lachrim Shiv'a Amimim. Beautiful. When it comes to the seven nations, those are the nations in Eretz Israel. When we come in, you have to destroy them. Shneemar. Ha-harem taharimim. What's ha-harem taharimim means? Destroy them. V'chol sheba liyado ehad mehem. And if one of these guys shows up, v'lo halagon, you didn't kill him? 
הרי זה עובד ולא תעשה, שנאמר לא תחיה כל נשמה. ובנאמר כמה שבעים נשמות, התורה כללי אומרת, לא תחיה לא תחיה כל נשמה. ואז רבם רייט שפור מורדס, וכבר עבדו ועבד זכרם. We don't know who the seven nations are anymore. So he says, Kibar Abdu ve'abad zikram. We don't know who they are anymore. Why don't, why don't we know who they are? If a guy comes to me and says his name is Mr. Girgashi, maybe he's, maybe he's from the Girgashi, Mr. Hiti, Mr. Hivi. Ramam says, no. Kibar Abdu ve'abad zikram. So this law doesn't apply anymore. So if a guy comes along and says, You know, my great-grandfather was a Girgashi. The Talmud of Harambam says, Kibar Abdu ve'abad zikram. We don't know who you are anymore. Why? So the Radbaz writes, based on a Gemara we learned in Benachot, because Sanhedrif came, ubilbelet kol ha'olam. King Sanhedrif came and he put the people from this place in a different place. And then, so therefore, even a guy comes along and says, he comes from this area, we don't know, we don't know where he's from. He's Batel Barov. And we have a rule that says, called the Parish, Whoever now comes out, he's coming from the majority, and since the majority are not these people, <coughs> therefore Ramam writes, Abad Zikram. But interestingly enough, Rabotai, in the next halacha where he talks about Amalek, he does not write, Uchbad Abad Zikram. In halacha he, Why doesn't he write in halacha he, Uchbad Abad Zikram? Why did he say, hey, uh, and uh, Sanharif came and he mixed up the whole world and we don't know anybody else there. He doesn't make that, uh, make that distinction. So the, the Rav, Rav uh, Salavechik, he was medayekter in Harambam and as a result of that he wants to say that you see that it's possible that there is Amalek afinu bizman hazeh. How could it be? How can it be Amalek Bazman Azeh if you're telling me that Sanharif can mix up the whole world? So he is Mehadesh, a, I mean, it's a blockbuster Hindush that only the Rav uh, can say. And he wants to say that there's two types of Amalek. There's the Amalek that comes Zera Amalek. That's from the descendants of Amalek, meaning you have Esav. Esav had a son called Eliphaz. Eliphaz had a son called Amalek. And you go down the, uh, the, the line, that's one type of Amalek, and it's quite possible that that Amalek, we don't know who they are anymore, because Sanharif came and mixed up the whole world. But then he says that you also have nations that behave like Amalek. They have the Hashkafa of Amalek. Their intention is Lashmid, Laharog, Ulabed, their intention is to destroy Klal Yisrael, and they have animosity, Uh, in, in, not even logical, illogical animosity, so, so much so. So he wants to say that that nation then takes on a deen of Amalek. So therefore you can't say Abad Zikram. It's not Abad Zikram. They can exist at, 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 at any time. As a, result, as a result of this, he brings a very, very interesting Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi is in Yevamot. Now, there's different ways of learning Yerushalmi, but the Rav brings a Yerushalmi in Yevamot. It's in Perek uh, Bet. I got this from Manny Haber, this Yerushalmi. I always like to mention it. 
in memory of Rachel Bat Shulamit. Okay? And the Yerushalmi is in Yebamot Perek Bet, and it's in Halakha Vav. Yerushalmi says, Kema De'at Amar, similarly like you said, Ki Haman ben Hamedata. Right? You call Haman ben Hamedata. So the Yerushalmi says, Vichi ben Hamedata haya? Was Haman actually ben Hamedata? Which means, the Gemara Yerushalmi says, really he was not ben Hamedata. El Yerushalmi says, El Atzorer ben Sorer. He was just a, he's a Tzorer, he he, he, he's an enemy. He says, Masoret biyadenu, in the Perush over here. El Atzorer ben Sorer, Shesinaton ha-Yehudim, Hayam Mushreshet, Mikam Adorot. So the Rav says, so you see over here, he wasn't even Ben Amidata, according to the Ushalmi. But we call him Amalek, Haman. Why do you call him Amalek? Because he had the Midah of Amalek, which is a tremendous Hadush, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that that's the way we understand it. But should we learn that Aman is Amalek? That's the classic Amalek. But that, that's what he wants to say from the uh, Yerushalmi. Oh, so, again, that puts us in a, in a tremendous chadush that it's possible today you have nations that, although we don't know if they're mamash zera Amalek, but they can have the deen of Amalek nonetheless. I remind you of the famous Gemara in, um, in Megillah. I cannot give the shi'ud without saying that Gemara. The Gemara is on Davab on the bottom. Gemara Obiya says, What does it mean in the Pasuk that it says, do not let Esav have his desire of his heart. Do not let Esav fulfill his desires. Don't take off his muzzle. Keep Esav muzzle. What are we talking? Zu Germamia shel Edom. It's referring to the nation of Germamia. That if Germamia will be able to go out, they'll destroy the whole world. So already, from how many years before? From how many years before? Allah Shalom, Yaakov Avinu is praying to God regarding this nation that the Gemara refers to Germamia. Do not unmuzzle them. Because if they become unmuzzled, they'll destroy the world. So if you look at the Mefarshim over here, Germamia, so the Ya'abetz, Ya'akov Emdin Bar Tzibi, in the back of the Gemara, he writes, Shinre'eh lomar Germania. So he changes the Gersa from Germamia to Germania, Vihi Medinat Ashkenaz. Now, when the Ya'abetz wrote it, it's before the Holocaust, before World War II. It's 150 years before World War II. And already he's identifying this Gemara as a reference to Germania, which is Ashkenaz, which is the Germany that we know. The Gaon Mevilna, I must point out, also makes the same, makes the same Haggah. Oh.
Oh, so you see over here that what? If you learn like this Gemara, and it's quite possible that the Germans then have a deen. I mean, this is talking about. I don't know if you can bring the ayah from this Gemara of Amalek necessarily, but you see over here from this Gemara that the Germans. They definitely have the traits of Amalek. So according to the Rav, that even though we're not be able to trace the Germans, let's say, that we know for sure that they have a deen of Amalek, meaning Mizera, but nobody will deny that they have a deen of, you know, the Mahut, the Hashkafa of Amalek, which would be a, uh, a big Hadush because it's well known that Rav Chaim Sonnenfeld it was the rabbi in Yerushalayim when the Caesar uh, Wilhelm from Germany, I don't know if you call him a Caesar, they call him whatever they call him, the Rasha, Wilhelm, when he came to, to Yerushalayim, so what happened was many of the rabbis went out to greet him to make the Barakhan the king. And Rav Chaim Sonnenfeld refused. Because here he has a tradition that the Germans have a deen of Amalek and therefore he would not go out to greet him and uh, he would not even uh, make a uh, berakah. He felt that was uh, a sur. So again, according to the Rav, you don't know if they have a zera Amalek. Because maybe we don't know their lineage, but according to the way he's understanding, you don't have to have the lineage to have a deen of Amalek. So long as you, uh, you know, portray the midot, so that would, be, uh, that would be enough. Now, it's important, it's important to know this distinction, Abotai. The reason why I'm making this distinction is because there is a big question. The question is, are we allowed to take spoils from Amalek? <clears throat> I know it sounds like an easy question. Some of the members are saying, why is he wasting our time with this? This is out of bit. Go back to, go back to nursery. Okay, I'm asking you a simple question then. Are you allowed to take spoils from Amalek? But why not? <laughs> if anything, why yes? You're going, you're going the other way. You're going the other way. So, Abotai, let's open up the Torah. Let's open up the Torah. Let's open Hazakabaru, Jesse. That's what we're getting. So, let's get to Parashat Beshalah. Parashat Beshalah, the Torah says, Page uh, Beshalah. It's the end of Shemot. Okay? It's the end of Beshalah. It says, so that she comes along and says, Zekher Amalek. That she comes along and says, Maze Zekher Amalek. So that she in Bishalah doesn't say, but that she by us. In Kitetze, says that she writes, That's children. Oh, so you have to get rid of the spoils. That you shouldn't even think that they shouldn't have the name of Amalek on the animal. That somebody will say, Oh, Behemazum Amalekaita. 
Because as long as you have an animal of Amalek, the zikr of Amalek is still there. So if you say, oh, this animal, oh, we got it from Amalek. Well, you mentioned Amalek. So then we have to destroy any remnants. That's what that she learns. And by the way, we know the story in the Navi. We know the story in the Navi when Shaul Melech was commissioned by the prophet Shemuel to go fight Amalek. So what does the Pasuk say? In Shemuel Aleph, Perek Tedvav, Pasuk Gimal, Ata lech ve'kitat Amalek v'achalamtem et kol ha'shelo ve'lo tachmol alav. Do not have any mercy. Ve'hemata me'ish ad isha me'olel ve'ad yonek mishor ve'ad sem me'gamal ve'ad hamor. Oh, so you see what? Clearly from these two Pesukim, these two sources, it sounds like you're not allowed to have any assets. All the animals of Amalek, anything that belongs to them has to be destroyed. Interesting here that she gives a different reason that he gave in the Torah. That she's reason in the Tanakh is Shayu Shafin They were they were magicians and sorcerers. They were able to change their image to look like animals. So they say Abrikadama, all of a sudden it turns into a gamal. But it's really Amalek. So then we have to kill the animals because it could be it's Amalek. Okay, but nonetheless, you got to get rid of them, it says. That's what it sounds like. Furthermore, I found a beautiful Rabbeinu Bahia. Rabbeinu Bahia in Parashat Beshalah writes, and I'm quoting, meaning the spoils of Amalek, it's all asur remember we know the story of Shaul Amalek. That's why he got punished, because he brought back the, the sheep. You remember that Shemuel came along and told them, Ume kolason? Ume, Ume. He heard the bad, the, the bang of the Ume kolason. So it says, Oh, so he says a big hadush. Ume peneze nizhar mordechai badavar shelo lehanot mishalal haman. That's why it says when Mordechai went to fight haman, ubabizal lo shalot yadam. Why did he take the spoils? Shayam b'zera Amalek. Because if he said Amalek, Kenyan shikatu b'puranu taman. U'babizah lo shalchot yadam. So therefore you see over here, Kuntla benu Bahya, he learns Pashut. First he learns that what? You're not allowed to take any of the shalak. It's like this, maybe only the behemoth. He says all the shalak, u'babizah. Why? Asur b'ana'ah. That's what he's shown already. Who else did we see? We saw that she in Parashat B'Shalah also said, you cannot take the animals. Why? So there should not be a zechah. There should not be any remembrance, remembering of Amalek. Okay. Only problem is, Rabotai, I don't know if you fellas know the story in the Navi, but we have another story in Navi over here. There's a story in the Navi later on in the book of Shemuel, another fight against uh, Amalek, and the Pasuk says, 
ויעל דוד ואנשיו, אוקיי? דוד ואנס מן, ויפשטו, and they went and they stripped the גשורי, or the גריזי, different, והעמלקי. Uh, oh, so he went, he went to war, he went and raided the עמלקי. כי הנה יושבות הארץ, they were in the ארץ. והיכה דוד את הארץ, ולא יחיה איש ואישה, he killed them all. ולקח סון ובקר וחמורים וגמלים ובגדים. And he took spoils. וזה עמלק. רבותיי, over here we have a very 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 big question. How is David Amalek able to take the spoils? Now, I want to make an observation, by the way. Nowhere in Harambam does it say you're not allowed to take the spoils of Amalek. I go back to the Rambam that we started the Shi'ud with. The Rambam says, That's it. He doesn't say, doesn't say it. It's interesting that the Rambam would... would not mention it. So we have to really try to figure out why did Amba mention it? If it's a halakha, we saw it, so she taught them So what's the, uh, what's the explanation, by the way? So I saw that there's a very important Meshek Chochmah over here. The Meshek Chochmah over here says the following. that when do we say that it's asur to take from the spoils of Amalek, that's only the Sibur. That's only a king. That's only when the people are coming at the time of a war from the king. However, an individual, there's nothing wrong with an individual taking spoils from Amalek. That's the way the Meshach Ochmah wants to answer. So let's go back. According to that, there's no problem with individuals. David, David at the time that he took those spoils was not a king. Who was the king? Shaul. David went and he went with his army and then fought some wars. But it was as a private citizen. So therefore, the Mishra Chumah says, as a private citizen, David, David was allowed to take from these spoils of Amalek. And similarly, we could say, because we have a problem over here. Mordechai Mordechai is like this. Mordechai, it says, He didn't take. Why? Mordechai wasn't the king. Hasverosh was the king. So the Chaurah Mordechai is a tzaddik, nothing to talk. But as the Bedin of uh, a Melech, so the Chaurah, they should have been able to take the, uh, the spoils. Explanation, they say, is that he was making a tikkun for his grandfather Shaul. Shaul was not allowed to take because Shaul was a melech and he was fighting a war that was on a yahid. And therefore, who was the great-great-grandson of, of, of Shaul? Mordechai. Mordechai, ben Ya'il, ben Shem'i, ben Kish. Ben Kish, Ish Yemini, that's from Shaul. So therefore, of course he was allowed to take according to this, Meshach Ahmad says. Eli didn't take because he needed to make a tikkun for his grandfather that took when he wasn't allowed to. So, Ubabizah Shulachotam, And I have a proof that you see that really Mordechai had no problem to take the Shalal of Amalek. But in that war, he did it to make a tikkun. But in principle, he didn't hold it was a problem. Why? 
<laughs> Look at the Gemara, by the way, I found in Megillah, on page 10b, on the bottom over there. The Gemara is giving over there different rabbis when they taught Megillat Esther, so they gave introductions. You know, before they gave their Hidushim uh, on Megillat Esther, they opened it up with introductions. So it says, Rabbi Abba Bar Kahana, Pata'la Pithal Haiparshata Mehacha. That when Rabbi Abba opened up Megillat uh, Esther, he started to be Doresh from the following Pasuk. And he said, Le Adam Shetog Lefanav. Natan That there was a good man, Adam Shetov. So the good man, God gives him Chokmah, Da'at, Simcha. Who's the good man? Mordechai, a Sadiq. and to the sinner, Natan Enyan He gave him an idea to gather a lot of money. Why did he give the who's the guy that gathered a lot of money? Zehaman. Haman, it says Kibod Oshro. He had a lot of money. Why? And the pasuk. Because all the money of Haman would end up going to who? To Mordechai. As it says, As it says, As it says, That Esther put Mordechai on Bet Haman. Hold it. How can he put him on Bet Haman? Haman's of Amalek. How could the Gemara come along and say that Esther put Mordechai Al-Bet And Gemara is saying that that's what God did. God brought all the money to Haman so eventually it can come to Mordechai. That's part of the Hashkaha. Eli, <coughs> you see what? <coughs> you see that according to the Meshach Ahmad, very good. Mordechai is an individual. No Isur on the individual to take the money of, uh, of, uh, of Amalek. And he took it. He took the whole Bet Haman as an individual. Oh, so why in the war Babizalo Shachot Yada? Let's make a tikkun for ready Shaul HaMelech, not Medin Isur. So that would work out according to that opinion. Oh, but I saw, I saw another answer. I saw another answer. Another answer I saw brought out in the Hakdama to a sefer called Oneg Yom Tov. The Oneg Yom Tov says, that yes, indeed, you're not allowed to take from the spoils of Amalek. But that's only as long as you destroyed all of Amalek. Once you destroy all of Amalek, then there's a deen to get rid of everything. Why? Because the whole inyan was what? So there shouldn't be a zikr. That you shouldn't say, oh, this animal is from Amalek. But if Amalek is still walking around, so what's the difference? And once you kill all of Amalek, then there's a deen of Lahrimam, because there's no more Amalek. The only remembrance of Amalek is going to be the Shalal. Oh, now you're going to say, oh, this is from Amalek. But as long as Amalek is walking around, <laughs> it's not going to help anything anyway. You say, oh, this is Amalek's animal. Forget about Amalek's animal. 60,000 are walking around the street. You're worried about their animal? So therefore, the Hong Yotos says, it's a Hadush. I don't know his proofs to it, but he has a, 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 it's, it's definitely a Hadush. So then we answer our question. David was allowed to take, why was he allowed to take? He was allowed to take because he didn't kill all of Amalek. Shaul killed everybody. And he intended to kill Agag as well. Agag was the only survivor. So therefore Shaul was not allowed to take because it was, it was the destruction of the entire Amalek. Mordechai, Ubabizalo you have to say again like we learned, was a humrah. It was being mahmir in order to betaken 
the Inyan of Shaul, but really he'd be allowed to take us. They didn't kill all of Amalek. They killed a lot of Amalekim in the, in, in, in the cities of Shushan and 127 countries, but they didn't kill any, everybody. So that would explain why Mordechai was able to rule over the house of Haman. Because since uh, the Amalekim was still around, there was no problem for him to benefit from the Shalat. So that would be yet another explanation. The benefit that we get from these answers is there's a big question, as one of our members already brought it up, after the Holocaust was over, the Germans offered the Jewish people reparations, reparations of war. And all of a sudden, of course, came a big halachic question, are you allowed to receive reparations of war from the Germans? Assuming that the Germans are Amalek. Now again, you have no proof that they're Amalek, but according to the Rav that says you don't have to be from Amalek, even if you have the Midav Amalek, which clearly the Germans uh, had it. So then the big discussion came up, can you accept money? And the Shailah is basically a mob. Is there an Isu to accept do you have to destroy the money of Amalek? Is that a subhana'ah? A big, 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 uh, big mahluket. Uh, but according to what we're saying now, you have no problem. Because first of all, we're accepting it as yahidin. We're accepting it as individuals. This guy's accepting. And somewhat that is say, based on the Onig Yom Tov, that Amalek is still around. And since Amalek is still around, there's no, there's no issue to take the reparations. And some said also, we're only taking back what belongs to us which you are taking back our money that they took from us, that they confiscated from us first. There's a big question that Sitsili Ezzard has. The Sitsili Ezzard Waldenberg has a question that those Jews that took the reparations, did they have to give Ma'asir on it? The reason why he's asking the question is because they were claiming it's our money. We gave Ma'asir on it already. We're just getting it back from the, from the Germans. Sitsili Ezzard said, once the Germans took it, you made Yehush. You gave up on it. So now it's a windfall again. It's a new prophet. And therefore he held, you have to give ma'asir. But he held, they were allowed to take it. Although there were many Jews that, maybe not halachically, but hashkafically, did not want to take the reparation because they felt it gives the Germans kapara. As if they can say, yeah, we killed six million Jews, but we gave you a few Mercedes. Okay, we're all even, you know, let, let it be behind us. They didn't want to let the Germans think that the reparations can atone for the crimes against humanity. So although maybe halakhically you have these hitirim to take it, but we saw a similar precedent to this. Where's the similar precedent? You remember when the Jews were leaving Egypt? So what does the Pasuk say? Pasuk says that God tells Moshe, Daber na elaam, speak to the people. And the Gemara says, En na ela lashon bakasha, that God tells Moshe, plead with the people, plead with the mat. Let them take the money of the Egyptians. And I saw the rabbis ask, do you ever have to plead with somebody to take money? You don't have to plead with somebody. You have to plead with somebody to part with this money. But you don't have to plead with somebody. To, as if I tell you, do me a favor, there's a million dollars of it. Elliot, Nakhilak, please, I'm begging you. I'm not going to say it again. Please, with all the strength that I have, take the money. Rabbi, don't say please. All you do is have to blink and I'll take the money. And here, the explanation is, because a lot of Jews believe like these Jews today. Don't let the, don't let the, 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 the Egyptians clear their conscience. 
if we take the money, they're going to say, all right, listen, you know, we bondaged them for 200 years, but we gave them money on the way out. Nah, we don't want that money. That's dirty money. It's blood money. We don't want to take the money from you. So they can be exonerated. So therefore, God said, Daber, nah, please speak to the people. We know it's going to be difficult for them to take the money. And that attitude, same attitude had happened by the Germans. That there were a lot of people that did not want to take that money because they felt, like you said, it's blood money. And nor do you want to give the Germans kapara. But again, from a halachic standpoint, it seems that the poskim is a she'erot uchot aznit biru as well. And he was posek that there is, even if you want to say they're from Amalek, which we have no proof that they're from Amalek, but even if you want to say from there, they're from Amalek, oh, so could be, that's why Harambam did not write this halakha. Because Harambam is talking about Bizman Azir. Bizman Azir, we said, Amalek, the real ones, it's, they're gone. Because they're all mixed up. Which Amalek is around today, according to the Rav, the way he explained it? The Hashkafik Amalek. So they want to say that when are you not allowed to take the spoils of Amalek? That's on the real Amalek. But on the Hashkafik Amalek, you can take the spoils. So therefore, that's why Hanambam over here in this halakha does not mention anything about taking the spoils. Because he's not talking about the real Amalek, he's talking about the Amalek Pesmanazer, the Hashkafik Amalek that shares his, his views. And therefore, if you go like that, so you'd be able to take the reparations, or the people would be able to take the reparations of the, of the Germans. Good. If that's the case of Motai, we go a step further. There's a very, very famous briskarov. The briskarov says a Hidush. His Hidush is that there is a difference between the war that we fight against Amalek and those wars that we fight against other nations. He holds like this. The war against Amalek can only start if it's heralded by a prophet. You can't just go fight Amalek's time. That means according to the British Karabah, the guy comes along and identifies himself. Hello, my name is Joe Amalek. He shows his credentials. He shows his credentials. According to Briskarov, unless a Navi comes along and says you can kill him, you can't kill him. When it comes to the seven nations, the Briskarov says, you kill him on sight. How does he know this? He makes a phenomenal diyuk in Harambam. Go back to Harambam in Ilkhot Melachim. Look at the diyuk between Halakha Dalit and Halakha He. Dalit is talking about the Zayin Amimim. And here is talking about Amalek. Listen to Lashon. Mitzvat aser laharim shiv'a amimin. Shne'emar aharim taharimim. V'chol sheba liyado. Echad mehem. Guys, ba liyado. One of these seven guys comes to you. Velo haragon, you didn't kill him. Harez ze'over velo ta'aseh. In this halakhara, man gives a classic example. Ba liyado. In halakha here, v'chen mitzvat aser le'abed zera Amalek. How come Adam Bam didn't say over here? Because he says, because Bali Yado is not enough by Amalek. Amalek, it has to be done by a Navi. And what's the proof? Did Shaul go kill Amalek on his own? He did not. He waited until he got a Nivu'ah from Shemuel, a Navi. And that's why he says, if you look in the Torah, what is the Torah called the war of Amalek? Milhamal Hashem. He says, Milhama Hashem comes to teach us that it can only be a Milhama if it's ordained by Hashem through a Nabi. It's Milhama Hashem. 
But Milhama, Stam, one would not be allowed to wage a war against Amalek. So that would be another difference between uh, these two uh, different uh, types of war. The last question that we have is, is an interesting question. I don't answer it so quickly. Would you be allowed to accept converts from Amalek? Oh, that's a big question. And we're not talking about the Syrians about that. We know the Syrians don't accept converts from anybody. I'm talking about uh, 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 the world. Meaning, Amaleki, he comes along and says, listen, today they said a basketball player converted, yeah. they told me today. He used to be on the Knicks. The guy was on the Knicks, now he became Yehoshaphat. The guy became one of the Sadiqim. Uh, okay, listen. Kol HaKavod, Kol HaKavod. they said no less. Meaning a real, uh, a real conversion. So now, Let's say a guy comes from Amalek and he's credentialed. You know, you have his lineage from Amalek and he wants to convert. Are we allowed to accept converts from Amalek? So interesting Harambam here. Famous Harambam, the Shitato. Perek he halacha het in Hilchot Melachi. I'll take that back. Perek Vav. I take that back. Vav, and it's going to be Halakha Dalit. Good. Rambam. Abal. Shiva Amemin, the seven nations, Ba'amalek, and including Amalek, Shiloishlimu. You went to try to make peace with them and they didn't uh, accept to make peace. You don't leave them. That's if they don't accept peace. How do we know that you only kill them if they didn't want to make peace? Which means, Harambam puts the seven nations and Amalek in the same grouping. And he says that if they want to make, what does mean make peace? They want to accept either the seven mitzvot in Noah or they want to convert. If they want to convert and accept the seven mitzvot or the tariyak mitzvot, Harambam says, finished. Amalek is equal to the seven nations. We go and we make an announcement before we go fight the seven nations. Abotai, we come to kill. Anybody want to join us? If they say, yes, we want to join you, Baruch Abba. If not, then we kill them. Amalek is in the same status. That means according to Harambam, it's permissible to accept Gerim from Amalek, which is a big hadush. By the way, we have a proof to this. What's the proof to this? The proof to this is the Gemara in Megillah. Now, why did I say Megillah? Mahilah, my mistake. The Gemara in Gitin. Let's open up Gitin, Rabotai. Very interesting Gemara. The Gemara says, and Gitin nun zayin amud bet. Unbelievable. The grandchildren of Haman 
Totora and Bnei Berak. One time there was some rabbis of Bnei Berak that were giving Acham of a difficult time. You know, they were going against some of the things he wrote. So Acham of a said, Bnei Berak shel Haman lebedu Torah b'Bnei Berak. Ba'adayin him and Amedim. He was, he was all upset. Oh, so the question over here is, if they were teaching Torah Ben Eberach, that means they accepted them as converts. So from here, the Gemara sounds like there's no problem to accept Gideon from Amalek, meaning, I guess, later on, his descendants, they converted and they sect them. So the Mepharshim all over here question that there's a Midrash the Midrash is in the Mechilta at the end of Parashat B'Shalach. And it sounds like in the Mechilta you can't accept converts. So how do you, uh, how do you justify this Gemara? So I saw a lot of answers. One answer is, this Gemara is arguing on, uh, on, the, uh, uh, on the Mechilta. By the way, the Mechilta Zishonim is, is Tanaim. This is Tanaim also. So then it comes out we have a Mahalok, can you accept converts or not? You know the story in the Navida Botai? There's a story in the Navi. I will get the story in a minute. So therefore, comes up with a machloket. Harambam was posek like what? Like this Gemara Megillah. Mebenei banav, lebdu Torah bebnei berak. You can accept Kirim. Kitin. Right, Kitin. Dabdun Zayin. And he didn't posek like the Mechilta. Another answer I saw brought down from the Sifr Hamdat Yamin that he says... Which means, I guess you shouldn't promote it. But if they convert it on their own, you can accept it. Another explanation he says is, interesting, from the Megillat Sefer. The Megillat Sefer writes, When they converted these kids from, from Haman's film, they didn't know they were from Amalek. They saw kids. They're good kids. They said, Baruch Abba, why don't you join us? They found Tinochot, they put them in the orphanage, and eventually they converted them. After they converted, they were in B'nai Berat, they realized they were the children of Haman. So therefore they want to say, But with the if you accepted them already, it's okay. So that would be another, uh, another answer. Okay. Another answer the Megillat Sefer brings down that and Mekablim Otam it's true to get married. I mean they can't marry into the Kahal but they can convert to marry into themselves. Again, again. Right. That means what means it means to, to marry into the Jewish people. Another Sefer answer I saw brought down that like we learned, after Sanhirib came and mixed up everybody. So you can accept Gideon from anywhere. So they converted them. Then the Ruach HaKodesh came to them and they said, these are the grandchildren of But it was okay. Because when they converted them, we were lying on the roof. Although retroactively we realized after the Ruach HaKodesh, they were from Haman. The Abnezer comes along and says, Beautiful answer, Abnezer. He says, "She'en mekabelim gerim mezera amalek, mishum she'en nam muchanim lehikana." 
Because the nature of Amalek is not to subjugate themselves to Bnei Israel. They never subjugate. But Amalek shekiblu al atzmam misim b'shamul yisraelim But if they do accept subjugation, they pay taxes and they become subservient. We accept them. It's, it's, it's almost like a mitziut. You can't. Ex- you won't accept it because it's never going to happen. They'll, 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 they'll never subjugate. But if you find those that did like these kids over here, no problem. <coughs> the last answer I saw is from the Hazon Ish. He said that when it says "en mekabim gerim haynu davka bishat milhama," about shelo bishat milhama mekabim. Ah, meaning like we have in this week's parashat, you just say la milhama. You see, eshet yefatoa. You want to bring them back from the war, convert them. So why Amalek in order to convert them at the time of the war, but not in the time of war, it's mutat to convert them. Nonetheless, what do you see over here? You see Shitat Rambam clearly is, yes, Mikablim Gerim from, from Amalek. Oh, so the question we had is like this. And from Rambam it's mashma, that not only can you accept Gerim from Amalek, but the, the regular Gerim. And if you believe they can marry into the kahal, let's say, why would they be worse than Amon and Moab? There's a big hashkafah, I'm going to tell you now. There's two nations called Amon and Moab. They can convert, but we cannot accept them into the kahal forever. Ad olam. Whereas if an Amalek converts, Kordan Abam, it sounds like, Mutan How can it be? We don't have a deen to destroy Amon and Moab. But if they convert, they're banned forever. Whereas Amalek, we have a deen to destroy them, but if they convert, they call to Aramba, Muta. It's very strange. I saw recently a beautiful piece, Hashkafa, from the rabbi in Yerushalayim, Rabbi Vigda Nevinsam. Allah was shalom. He's a big Sadiq. He was the rabbi in Yeshiva Takotel. He was a top student of Hashem Ozaman Oyabach. Mamash, he was Sadiq in Kadosh. Anybody ever walked in the old streets of Jerusalem, the old city, you would see Rabbi never saw the Talet and Tefillin. He always had Talet and Tefillin on. Always reading Mishnayot. Always reading Mishnayot Ba'al So in one of the talks he gave was, a very important talk. He says, there's two different types of problems that a person can have. One, he says, is Hashkafic, the way he thinks. And another one is in his midot, in his nature, in his personality. So he writes, and it's really based on a dirashah the Ram, that personality is very difficult to change. People don't change that easily. Especially midot. And it's said from Yusuf Salanta that it's easier to finish the entire shas than to change even a small personality flaw. Not easy. So when, when, when you hear those people say people don't change, to a certain degree, it's not easy. If you're not going to work on yourself, people are not going to change. So he says, but hashkafa is the way you think. You can change the way people think. If you can convince them, if you can talk to them, if you can show them the truth and they're open-minded, you can change the way people think. But you can't change so easily the way people behave in their personality. So he says, I mean, the Ran said it, if you remember. The Ran said, when Abraham Abinu was looking for a shiduk for his son, Yitzhak, whatever you do, don't go to Kenan. 
Okay, good. So you figure, don't go to Kenan, but go to where? Go to Me'asha'arim. No, instead, he doesn't send them to Me'asha'arim or B'nei Berak. He sends them to Laban. What, Laban's better than Kenan? Zene Berak is a Terefa. So he says, Kenan, they were mushrash bin midot ra'ot. Midot ra'ot, very hard to cure. Laban and Betuel, deot, deot ra'ot, deot kosbot, bed hashkafa. That, I'll come to us, we'll switch them around, we'll change their mind around. You understand? Abraham opted for the family of bad thinking than bad character. The bad character. That's the answer. So based on this, Rabbi Glidden Nivensal said that Amalek, what was their what was their flaw? They thought they could fight God. They thought they could fight the nation of God. When they were fighting Bidei, they're fighting God. What was the Midah of Ammon and Moab? They lacked Hakaratatov. After all, when the Jewish people were traveling in the Amon and Moab region, they didn't come out to greet us to give us food. Now, nobody's asking for a freebie. They give us food, that means you're going to have to give us what? How many tuna fish sandwiches is that? That's uh, where we're, we're, we're with millions of people, three million people. No, no, we were willing to pay for it. And they would have made a tremendous profit. Imagine if each guy buys a tuna fish sandwich and a Snapple, that's six, seven dollars today, and a coffee, coffee's uh, four bucks. Uh, forget about it. They would have made ten dollars a, 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 a guy. They could have made millions of dollars. Thirty million dollars in one day. And that's besides the snack and the dessert and all the other stuff. They would have the souvenirs. Nothing. They, nothing. They didn't give us anything. Why? Let them die, Jews. So Torah says, "Oh, you didn't. Uh, you didn't come out to greet us and give them food. You're banned from coming to our people. Why?" And don't tell me the reason because they're anti-Semites. Because we accept anti-Semites to convert. But Ammon and Moab, you can convert, but you're banned. You know why? Who was responsible for Ammon and Moab being born? Well, let's go slow. Who was Ammon and Moab's father? Lot. Lot. Who saved Lot? Abraham Abinu. If it wasn't for our father, you wouldn't be alive. And now we're asking to buy a tuna fish sandwich and a Snapple and you won't even sell it to us? Where's your Akaratatov? They should have made a red carpet for us. They should have made a banquet dinner. Borei Olam says, a mushrash, somebody that's deeply rooted in kafui tova, in an, being an ingrate? Finish. You can't talk about that. That's in his guts. We don't want that midah to attract to us. Amalek, talk about it. Listen, you can't fight God. God is great. Jewish people. Change his thinking around. You can turn the soneh into an ohev. But to turn the person with the midot ra'ot, it's a, it's a long shot. And we don't want to take the risk of that midot ra'ot to join Klai Yisrael and then metastasize in Klai Yisrael and then you have a bunch of kifuyet tomah. So therefore, Amon and Moab says, Rabbi Vigdan Nevin, Salah Shalom, you can't accept them. Midot ra'od. Amalek, if he converts, Baruch Not an issue. But again, back to the, uh, the subject that we say today. So let's just review uh, some of the ideas that we've set forth. Number one, we saw this new Hiddush of the Rav from Boston, that introduced to us the Hashkafik Amalek, Bizman Hazer. 
which answers the Rambam why he didn't say Uchvad Abad Zichram when it came to Amalek. We discussed whether Germans have a deen of Mamazera Amalek, which you can't really prove it, but for sure they have the deen of, you know, Hashkafat Amalek, that's for sure. And we know that Rav Chaim Sonnenfeld actually had a tradition from the Gaon de Vilna that the Germans actually were Zera Amalek. And that's why he didn't go out to greet uh, Wellheimer. Regarding taking money from Amalek, well, clearly we saw that the Shalal is a Surbhana'ani, that's the way he learns what Mordechai didn't take from the Shalal. However, we saw, Marabak, for example, doesn't bring it down. And we saw other Shitot that also did not have a problem of taking the Shalal. After all, David Amalek, or not David, David took from the Shalal when he went against Amalek. And we saw the Meshach Chokmah said, there's a difference between a Sibur and a Yahid. Well, a Sibur might not be able to take the money, but a Yahid would be able to take the money. And also we saw from the Onig Yom Tov that he wanted to be Mehalek uh, between, what was the Onig Yom Tov's Hiluk? That he wanted to be Mehalek between... Right, if the people are still around or not. If you kill them all, then you can't take the money. But if they're still around, then the money's on. And then we went into reparations by the Nazis. The uh, Maaseh, we came out that many of the postkeepers men are allowed to take the reparation. Because again, if you hold, like these answers that we said, there would be no Isud. However, we said hashkafically some people had a hard time taking from the, uh, from the reparations, and we understand that. And last but not least, we discussed the difference between a war against Amalek needs to be held by a prophet first, or is a regular war of the seven that Rambam comes along and says if they come meet you in the street you have to kill them There's no, you don't need a, a, a preface of a prophecy and the last thing we discussed is Gerim from Amalek and we saw different shitot on that sounds like from Rambam it's not a problem from the Gebaram Megillah also it sounds like it's not a problem you see that the Okay, Botai. Stop over here. Yes. The convert you were talking about is a famous pastor. Asudamai, that's the guy, right? No, come on. I was turning him down. He said it's too big a job. He said, That's an amazing story. What a story. What a story. What in the, what do you call it? The college uh, basketball. What do you call it? The, NCAA. <laughs> Very good, boys. Beautiful.